Hi, and welcome to the Kids Yoga Podcast, the place for all things kids yoga. My name is Jessica Mujis, and after teaching kids yoga and being immersed in the industry for over a decade, I created this podcast as a warm and supportive place for parents, teachers, caregivers, and kids yoga professionals to gather. Episodes include conversations with kids yoga teachers, business owners, and authors, informational episodes on specific kids yoga topics, yoga adventures for children, and even the voices of children themselves. It is my hope that you can come here each week and gain inspiration and form connection with your fellow kids yoga community. Welcome to the Kids Yoga Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, and welcome back to the Kids Yoga Podcast. My name is Jessica Mujis, and this week I am joined by a return guest, Margot Harris. So if you haven't already, check out episode 13. Margot was on... And we talked about her whole kids yoga career and what brought her to yoga. And that was at the beginning of the pandemic when we released that episode. So give that a listen if you haven't already. But today I'm joined by Margot again, and we're going to talk about how her yoga classes have evolved and changed throughout the pandemic and also about her new book. It's called Cookie Doga, a book about yoga, mindfulness, and cookies. And I love it. It's super cute. I got it for my daughter. Um, but Margot, welcome back. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Jessica. I am beyond honored to be on for our, our third wave of the pandemic, second time talking to you. <laughs> yes. Well, you. we were saying, yeah, thanks for being here. But before we pressed record, we were saying, oh, it would be interesting to listen to that episode because um, I think it was March or April when we recorded it. I'm just going to yeah. make a note now. My, my, my children are awake, so there might be sounds, <laughs> but we'll just, we'll keep going. I um, love it. But yeah, so, so I wanted to ask you, so how are you doing? We mm. haven't, we've, you know, we've been in touch, but how have you been doing throughout all of this? And now we're headed into another wave and it's getting a little scary again. So how are you yeah. holding up? Uh, it's, it feels like such a simple, but always a loaded question, right? Being asked like, how are you doing? I I genuinely feel like it's the kind of question that sometimes you ask and it's just like, it's in the moment and it's, you talk to someone you haven't seen in a while. It's like, hi, how are you doing? And it's like a knee jerk kind of question, right? But I think nowadays all of us kind of take that question to heart in ways that I don't know we didn't necessarily before. I know that when I ask it, I genuinely want to know how people are doing. And it's not that, um, I didn't before, but I like, Knowing how much my emotions have been all over the place um, and sometimes needing an outlet to share about those emotions, uh, I'm listening in a whole new way um, that I was before. So uh, mm. I am feeling, you know, like I, ha- like I was before, just lots of big feelings that continue to come and go. You know, kind of like we teach the kids all the time. It's like our waves are like that of, um, of the ocean, like that of ups and downs on a roller coaster. And it's like, there's a lot to be grateful for. There's a lot I'm happy about. And then there's also lots of anxiety and dread and wondering. And I feel like that is sort of um, stayed consistent, just like the ups and the downs being really up and really, really down. Mm-hmm, um, definitely. 
and I just can trying relate to, to that. <laughs> yeah, right. And just trying to find joy in the simple moments and breathe and be present as often as possible without getting too far gone in the past or the future. But that's tricky. <laughs> it's super tricky. And um, but you know, I, I'm I'm doing it. We're all just doing it. One day, one step, one breath at a time. That's the that's the motto, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I've seen through Instagram, I follow you and I see that I think starting around summertime, you started teaching a bit in person. And I'm just curious um, for anyone listening who's like trying to navigate teaching those in-person classes again, Mm -hmm. how have you, what changes have you made and just how have those classes, how are they, they different than before? What have you found? Yeah. So like last time we talked, it was the very beginning and I was only doing virtual classes because all the schools were closed and everyone was just muddy, muddying in the water, just trying to figure out what to do. And then not that long after it was, um, outdoor classes from the spring through the summer. And actually through the fall, I just finished up with all my outdoor classes in this last week. Actually, we've been mostly really lucky. Obviously everything's weather dependent. Um, so if you live in a place where you can teach virtually outdoors, I mean, not virtually, hello, where you can teach in person outdoors, that's, um, obviously ideal because, you know, they say it's certainly a lot safer. Um, you can, uh, wear a mask or be at a greater distance from the kids or families or whoever you're teaching. And so, um, if you are living in a climate where you have the option to teach in person outdoors, I definitely had so much fun with that. And there's just so much you can do in exploring the kids' um, desire to be in nature. I think just humans' desire to be in nature, to be outside, to be able to bring in the five senses outdoors in a way that we don't always teaching yoga in schools or teaching yoga um, in studios or in libraries or wherever many of us were teaching before the pandemic are all great, amazing spaces that I miss very much. But there is something, there was something cool about being outside in person with the kids. Um, So there's that. Uh, And as far as changes that I made, like I said, you know, just distance. And then now I'm indoors again, indoors again um, with a mask Everyone's in a mask. Kids over the age of five are in masks. Um, Parents have the choice to put masks on their littler kids. Uh, Most of them don't, especially the, obviously the babies and toddlers, they can't. Um, But, you know, I'm, I'm, I always carry sanitizer. If there isn't any in the space, I make sure that I have lots of cleaning supplies on hand. You know, I choose my toys and, um, uh, my sensory objects a lot more mindfully than I used to. You know, I'm trying to stay away from more plush or soft or blankety like objects. Uh, and if I'm teaching babies or toddlers, a lot of times I have the parents bring stuff from home that they can um, supplement with for different activities that I might be doing that they can explore with their own personal stuff. And if I'm using um, toys, like let's say I, ha- I want to do glitter jars with a group of kids, I make sure I have a glitter jar for every child and that they can be easily sanitized afterwards. You know, things like books, mm-hmm. um, the Oberman sphere, things that are plastic or whatever, are easily cleaned. A lot of the parents and, and the kids too feel more safe um, handling those things and they're easily wiped down. You know, but I, I won't say that it's... Um, still without a challenge, right? I mean, I think just now that we're in this sort of uptick again, uh, you can kind of feel the energy shift of everyone was kind of feeling pretty level about it all through the, through the late spring, summer, and through the early fall. And now that 
you know, it's cold and flu season and people are, I don't know, I guess more worried about being indoors. And so we're, we're all just trying to re-navigate um, mm-hmm. what it felt like in the beginning of the pandemic. So, but yeah, right. those are some of the changes I've made. And do you feel that your perspective on teaching in general has changed at all due to mm-hmm. all these challenges in the world? Yeah, I mean, um, well, I've certainly upped my own practice a lot. I've had to uh, up my own self-compassion practice. My self-compassion game was, I thought, always pretty good, could always be better. But I, with every day, a new challenge and and anytime I would feel my heart start to sink at all, I was just like, all right, it's time to send yourself some grace and love, um, tap into my own bucket of tools, my own, you know, my own practice. And certainly I've been so inspired by the kids' resilience. It's such a mix of like being impressed with them and how they've handled so many lockdowns and changes to their social calendar and um, just have moved through it with such fluidity and grace, the sum of which that we've seen grown adults not be able to handle. Um, Hmm. And I feel like... (laughs) I'm just so inspired by their resilience and it's actually helped me become a stronger teacher because I feel stronger in their presence. Um, yeah. Somehow. Yeah. Yeah. My, my daughter, I don't know, a few weeks ago was like, mom, do you remember before when we didn't have to wear masks mm. and we, we could just go to the museum? Do you remember that? And I, I was said, yeah. And I was like, it's incredible because I'm 35. Like, yes, for 35 years, I lived like that. And now <laughs> I live like this. But for her as a four-year-old, she's like, oh, okay. So it used to be like that. And now it's like this. And right. not to say it's not hard for her, like it is for all of us, but it's kind of like, oh, okay, so this is what it's like now. And, and I wear this yeah. to keep others safe. And, you know, like you said, kids kind of just hear it and they don't interpret it as like, um, a hindrance. Right. It's just like, okay, that makes sense. I love the way you just put that. It's like, okay, it used to be like this and now it's like this. Like, it's such a simple mm. concept. I, I mean, <laughs> but at the same time, like, yes, you're 35 and you're right. You're used to have lived, have been having lived in one way for so long. And so, yes, that's the part where the grace comes in, right? It's like, mm. this is much harder for us in some ways because we're, we're being jaded, I guess, to all the things we thought were just normal and yeah. um, things that are, are just our freedoms of being able to breathe freely and, and not have to worry about severe illness and, and, and endangering the lives of others. Um, mm. So, yeah, I just love the way we can see so much through their eyes. They're giving us this gift of presence over and over again. Amazing. Love it. Yes, absolutely. Well, I want to talk about your book and I think, so did you write this entire book in quarantine? Did this, did you, or did you start (sighs) writing it prior to this? Okay. So last January I was at my sister's 50th birthday party. My family was all there and, um, my brother lives upstate. He'd come down for this party and uh, this dinner thing we were doing. And he's always known that I wanted to, that I love to write. And I've loved to write forever. And it was the kind of thing where like, I'm going to keep my writing to myself and I'm going to write things for my students when I was a preschool teacher for 10 years. And I was good with that. And yeah, I always had this little seed in the back of my mind, this little 
tiny little ember, not, not even a flame of just like, I would love to write a children's book. I love children's books. I, I, I don't know if I could do it. I feel like there's too many obstacles in, in the way of a nobody like me, and I'm just a teacher, and no, no, no. And he always encouraged me. Everyone in my family encouraged me, but he, he, my brother always encouraged me to keep writing, even if it was just for myself. Well, we were talking at the dinner. He sat right next to me, and I, I said to him, I was like, I think I want to write a children's book. And it was the first time I'd kind of said it out loud and actually meant it, um, but yet I still didn't fully believe that I would or even could do anything about it. Um, and he was like, oh, that's awesome. And I said, you know, I don't really know. I don't have a concept yet, but... I do know I want it to be about yoga and mindfulness and, and maybe cookies. You know, these are my, these are my three top passions. It sounds very shallow, but for anyone that, that follows my Instagram page or that knows me at, at any kind of personal level, they know that my love affair with cookies is, it runs deep since my, <laughs> since my first birthday. Um, and he like, like he thinks he's hilarious. And for the most part he is, but sometimes he's not, he's filled with lots of dad jokes. He was like, I got it. He's like cookie doga. And the two of us started cracking up <laughs> and I was like, that's ridiculous. Like that, but, but it made me smile. And for whatever reason it stayed with me. And so, um, a couple weeks later, it was a rainy day. I just sat down with my notebook and pen. Cause I'm really, really old school like that. And I started writing and I was like, you know what? I like this idea. Let me think about cookie dough. And so I spent like 20 minutes just like jotting down notes about cookie dough. Cookie dough is stretchy. It's malleable. It can be um, changed and formed. It's fun. It's uh, engaging with the senses. Um, it is delicious. <laughs> um, and so I had this whole list of stuff. And then I just started thinking about people and kids especially, right? And it kind of goes into the conversation we were just having about kids' malleability and their ability to be flexible and go with the flow. And so I had this thought about, like, you know, writing this book about uh, the perspective of a little girl. Her name's Maria. And I, I got that name right off the bat for whatever reason. It just kept calling to me. And, um, you know, so again, I just started outlining some stuff and, and playing with the concept. And over the course of a week, I came up with this like rough draft, just like scribbles and cross outs. And I kept going back to it. And I was really passionate about it and excited. But again, I went back to, no, you can't do this. <laughs> um, this is just for fun. Let's not put too much pressure on it because I have lots of anxiety too. And it's just like, let's just, let's just have fun with this right now. And again, this was all pre-pandemic. Um, and then I kind of left it alone. I put my journal away and it sat in, sat in my mind, but not at the forefront because I was still teaching and I had lots of work going on. Again, very lucky and blessed at the time, lots of work. And then everything changed, right? The world's changed. And so um, right before my episode of the Kids Yoga podcast, right, you spoke to Betty Larea and I listened to that episode and I was like, wow, this person self-published a kid's yoga book. And I was just like so taken with her story and her perspective. And I sent her, actually, I believe it was a comment on the Kids Yoga Podcast Instagram. And I said, hey, you know, I loved your episode. I would love to connect. And if, loved, if you'd be willing to let me pick your brain about um, what it was like to self-publish a book. And then she DM'd me and she was like, actually, I was just considering starting to mentor potential authors. I have experience with editing and worked for Scholastic. I was like, wow, this is, it just felt kind of kismet. We had an exploratory phone call and we talked for well over an hour. And I was just like, 
all right, I'm going to do this. <laughs> like, mm. We're going to make this happen. And so first of all, I know that this should have come maybe at the beginning of me telling you this, but I attribute almost all of this to you and this podcast. Oh my God. Because, I mean, first of all, this space is amazing. I, I know... I know how many kids yoga professionals and parents are getting so much out of listening to you and listening to all the amazing um, providers and, and specialists that you have on this, on this platform. Um, and I truly don't know if I ever would have pulled that journal out of the drawer again if I hadn't heard Betty, had the connection with that, you know, via, via your conversation and then heard myself talk, right, the following week gotten involved with her and, and sort of made it happen from there. And, um, so thank you for helping me. You and you and many other people have helped me to make this dream come true. And, um, yeah, so that's kind of like how it all (laughs) unfurled. I just, thank you so much for saying that. That really makes me teary eyed. And that's when I started this all, that's kind of, I couldn't have imagined that, but that's, I was just hoping to connect people. So thank you for telling me that. Well, you've done that and more, lady. <laughs> you are <laughs> connecting so many people. And um, yeah, I just, so I'm super grateful. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to share my book and and hope that lots of kids yoga professionals and teachers and parents and anyone out there listening who hasn't picked up a copy yet will, will consider grabbing a copy. <laughs> Absolutely. Can you tell us a little bit about the you went the self-publishing route. So can you just share a little bit about how that's gone? What's been a big challenge? What's been the best reward? Just the whole shebang. Yeah. So, um, the thing about self-publishing is that, you know, you are doing so much work yourself, right? If you go the traditional route of publishing, um, obviously there's a lot of work up front, maybe securing yourself a book agent or, um, trying to shop yourself around, sending letters of interest about your story out to traditional publishing houses. And then the waiting game is, is, can be very, very serious for that, assuming that there's any interest, right? Um, and I know from talking to Betty and from other people who've written kids yoga books that a lot of times they look at our industry as a very much a niche and they're looking for books. Some of the bigger publishing houses want books that are, um, maybe a little bit more universal or that they see as, Money makers, right? Let's just be real. The book industry, uh, like mm-hmm. every industry, is looking to um, get a return on their investment. And so I, and I, I guess I could appreciate that. So the reason why I chose self-publishing for the most part, though, was because you have so much control over the narrative. You have control over your title. Sometimes that's taken away from you when you um, are self-publish uh, when you're not self-publishing. You have control over who you get to work with as far as your illustrator. Um, your book designer, you, uh, you just have so much control and there are so many avenues to explore self-publishing so many independent publishing houses or just like very well guided, um, uh, uh, companies that do self-publishing that you can pay to have them do all the big work for you and get your book out there in a much, much shorter amount of time. Now it's still a challenge because unless you have lots of patience, which I do, but it definitely got, you know, I got tiring towards the end. I was like, all right, let's, let's do this already. I was getting towards, you know, November. And I was like, I really love for this book to be out by Christmas, um, and the holiday season. And so it it is a lot of waiting, a lot of patience and commitment. Um, but the reward is obviously 
seeing a dream come true. It's, it's seeing something that you wrote in a journal months and months ago with lots of scribbles and cross outs become a physical book that kids hopefully nationwide and, and around the world at some, at some point, maybe I hope will be able to have in their hands to read, to enjoy, to experience and, that at the end of the day was why I wanted to write. And I think the pandemic uniquely made me feel like my voice was stifled in a way. I think for most of us, right, we use social media and um, our in-person connections to, to have our voice in the world. And I obviously was like yourself and like many of the people listening, maybe had the, the luck or the privilege to teach so many kids in schools or in person anywhere. And that was taken away from us. And just like so many people lost their work. And so I felt like, well, what's my voice for now? If not to serve others, um, to, be of, to be of help, to reach more kids. And so how can I reach more kids? Well, maybe I can write something. And, and instead of sharing those words with just the kids in my class, maybe those words can, can be shared with more kids around the world. So that's been the reward yep. so far. <laughs> we'll see once it gets in well, people's I'm- hands. Yeah, I'm so proud of you for doing Aww. this, for sticking to it. It's not easy. It's it's no. not like you could just half-heartedly commit. You got to f- fully commit. And um, I just from talking to other authors, I know it's it just sounds like an, a ton of work, a lot of steps, a lot of hoops to yes. jump through. But um, it was kismet the day you had sent me a book. I made sugar cookie dough and I put it in Yay. my fridge. And then literally I went to my door and I realized I got the mail and I had your book. So I was like, whoa, that was crazy. <laughs> so I had the cookie dough in the fridge and I had your book in my hand and I was like, well, that is, that is perfect timing. Just, yeah. Perfect timing. <laughs> oh, I love well, that I guess, so much. I guess you kind of answered this, but, um, there might be other things that you're thinking. And I was just mm-hmm. wondering like, what's your, what are your hopes and your dreams ultimately mm-hmm. for this book? Yeah, I kind of, I kind of said a little bit of that, but I think it's just to continue to share the gift of yoga with more people because you and I both know that if we can reach kids with yoga and mindfulness and, um, this sort of body, mind and heart connection that we, that we know we need as human beings so deeply all the time, if we can get them into, get these practices into the hands, into the minds of the youngest among us. I just feel like it has the chance to change the entire world, to change the way that that people view each other and speak to one another. And um, I just think it's a gift over and over again. That's the word that always comes to my mind. And so I think that not every kid out there is going to have a chance to do yoga necessarily, but maybe they can have a book from the library and do it with their mom or caretaker or dad or someone at home or... Um, you know, maybe they've never experienced a class, but then they could pick up my book or anyone's book, right? And say like, oh, this is something fun I can do with my body. And I can also tap into my breathing and my anxiety and notice how things make me feel and ask myself questions about um, about what's going on with me. And uh, so I guess my biggest hope is that yoga reaches more kids. And if this book can be um, an avenue for that, then I will have, even if it's just one child out there that can gain something from reading it, I will have succeeded. So, and then well, obviously, I love your I wanna, character. Oh, no, obviously, I want to be a bestseller. Like, of, co- of course, 
Just, of course. Well, I'm sort of kidding. I should. I'm not going to tell myself I'm. I'm totally kidding because who doesn't you know, want you that? Want the but book to get out there, <laughs> of course you do. I mean, don't we all? It's that's that's the dream. I was just going to say, I I love your main character Maria, and I could see her taking other adventures. Let's say I could see this yeah. being like a series. So that just something that when oh, I was really? reading okay. through, yeah, yeah. So I don't think this is the end for Maria. I think. Oh, I love that. I love that. Well, Maria. Maria is based on a mini a mini Margot. She's based on a mini me, and mm-hmm. uh, Maria's mama in the book is is my mama. My she's my lifelong best friend, and um, yeah. And actually, there's a page in the book where there's a bunch of pictures on the wall, and they're all my family from when we were young. Um, so I know you have the book, so you have to check. Yeah. Um, no, and you can feel that. You can feel the connection with yeah. the mom and the daughter, and you could feel that's it's very real. Thank you so much. I'm, yeah, just hearing, I mean, your opinion and, and everyone's opinion means so much to me. I'm telling, when I sent the book to Lauren from Yogi Beans, she was mm-hmm. so excited like you were to receive it. And um, I was just literally like waiting for her to send me a text because she didn't have a chance to read it when I handed it to her. And I was just like, I came home to my husband, Adam, and I was like, I don't know. I think she hates it. My, my, my gut instinct is always to self-deprecate. And that's mm-hmm. a problem that I'm constantly trying to work through. So anyone listening out there that, you know, you can still have a strong mindfulness practice and be really, really self-aware and -hmm. still be able to be real with your own demons and your own worries and anxieties and fears. Yes. Yes. And kind of say, it's okay to have those feelings, but then come back to this idea of like, no, I am strong. I am capable. Mm -hmm. I can do hard things. I can follow my Mm -hmm. dreams and make them happen, see them through. Um. Yeah. So I, I came home and I was like, I think she hates it. She hated it. He was like, no. He's like, you're just, you know, you're having a Margot moment. And, <laughs> you know, he he knows how to how to quash my anxiety big time. And so mm-hmm. I got this voice recorded message from Lauren and she loved it. And I just had this big sigh of relief because at the end of the day, putting yourself out there. And obviously, you know this, you're putting yourself out there every week as you talk to people. Mm-hmm. It's it is um, it feels scary. It feels anxiety inducing and risky, right? It's like, oh, I'm going to mm-hmm. be judged by other people now, <laughs> not just the students yes. in my room, but the world potentially or, or, you know, future book buyers. So. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I know that feeling very, very clearly. And so far I've had like a very good experience in terms of, um, just like feedback and, but I have gotten an occasional, um, you know, message that was more like, you know, like criticism, but it, you know, it, in a positive way. And it's like, th- those are a little scary, but I'm like, you know what, this is, mm. you're not going to get the good without the bad. So like, you're not everyone can like me or like what I'm doing, but, right. um, if you don't put yourself out there, you're not going to find like many, many people that are, that are there for you. And that really, yes, you know, want to hear your voice. So I totally get it. You did it. You got it. You got the book out. And yes. when, where can, where can people find it? When does it mm-hmm. officially release? Yeah. So it's available for pre-order right now, um, on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. And, uh, it is also available, um, on my bookshop, which you can access through, um, my Instagram, um, link in bio. And, uh, that's if you wanted it like now direct, but on Barnes and Noble and Amazon, it's available for pre-order and it's going to be a wide release on December 4th. So right in time for the holidays. Um, I know so many people were like, this is a perfect little stocking stuffer or gift for a family member, right? You know, 
as like a nice little add-on um, for young children. The book is geared for kids ages um, four to eight, but you know, slightly younger and older. I happen to, I have over 150 kids books. I, as I was a preschool teacher, but I love picture books. I don't think anyone ever truly grows out of picture books. If you love books um, mm-hmm. and you loved them as a kid, I, I don't know. I just, I talked to so many people who, even older kids, they love picture books. So nothing wrong with slightly older kids or younger kids getting their hands on it. Um, so yeah, available for pre-order, Amazon, barnesandnoble.com, wide release on December 4th. And um, yeah, there it is. And also your Instagram so people could follow you. Yes, I'm at calmcookie underscore kids yoga. And my website is calmcookie.org. Um, but I do most of my most of my communicating with, with the outer world <laughs> through Instagram. And I just have to say too, like I've been blown away by the outpouring of love from my community, the people that follow me and um, from all of, from you, from so many people in the kids yoga world who have embraced me and the book and, um, and are excited for its release as much as I'm excited for it. And that's just been really lit up my heart. So thank you to anyone listening that's already purchased it honestly means the world to me. And just for anyone who is interested in self-publishing or wants to know more about how to help indie authors like myself, the pre-order phase is the most important part of any indie author's book sales because that's what tells the big wigs like Barnes & Noble and Amazon that there's interest in your book and it sends more eyes to it. Um, so, you know, you know how all the right. algorithms work and all the websites yes. and Instagram yes. and everything. So. The more pre-orders you, you know, any indie author, if you, if you, if you know anyone out there who's writing something or has put something out there and you have interest in it, definitely, if you can snag it in the pre-order phase, it's definitely um, helpful to the, the author or the artist. Absolutely. If you know you're going to get it anyway, do the pre-order because that's going to, yes, like you helpful. said, that's, that's very helpful. Well, Thank you so much for joining me again. I know that last time we spoke, we were like, let's talk when this is all over. Like we didn't realize <laughs> we didn't realize where this was going, obviously. No yeah. one did. But um, we were so young and you hopeful. Being, we were so young and hopeful back in March, and here we are. So many more but, good hairs. Exactly. And and a book, right? And a so book. it's like That's we right. got- the good with the bad, as you said. The good with yes. the bad. But seriously, thanks for being on. I'm sure you'll be on again. I just love talking to you. And I love talking to you too. Can't wait to watch your journey with this book. Thank you so much for having me. I'm just truly honored. And um, yeah, hopefully we can meet in person one day, even if it's socially distanced. That's a dream. Yes. Yes, Socially distanced coffee, whatever. There you go. Exactly. Maybe in the spring. Yes. Let's cross our fingers. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Jessica. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode or if you've listened before, there are a few ways that you can help this podcast to keep going. So first, you can click subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can leave a rating and a review. This will help more people find the podcast. You can follow us on social media at the Kids Yoga Podcast on Instagram and the Kids Yoga Podcast on Facebook. You can also email me. I love to hear your questions, comments, feedback. The Kids Yoga Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for being here, and we'll see you next week.